All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Past the Rock Podcast, Season 2. Uh, we are here in Mansfield Recording Studio in Mansfield, Texas, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I have a special guest with me in the house today, UTA basketball player, Kao. How's it going, man? It's going good. How's, uh, how's the uh, preparation for, I guess, off-season and the uh, the upcoming season for you so far? Uh, did a lot of stuff in the off season in the spring, uh, in the month of June. You know, did a lot of work, kind of just getting used to our new teammates. You know, we had mm-hmm. a lot of guys leave, and then we got some new teammates. And, you know, just looking forward to the season. How's it getting used to, uh, I guess, the incoming freshmen and transfers? How are they, like, adjusting to the team? You know? They're adjusting pretty well. You know, we got some pieces that we needed, you know. Uh, some good guards, some mm-hmm. a, f- a couple bigs, and you know everybody's looking good. Okay, all right. So talk to me about um, just first of all the game of basketball and how you even got into it. What sparked the interest, and kind of when you knew that you wanted to keep going with basketball. I mean, my like the first time that I like you know thought to myself like I wanted to play basketball. I was actually at home, you know, back home in Nigeria. And, you know, we used to watch a lot of American shows and movies. And there was this one movie, High School Musical. Like, when I tell people this, <laughs> they think, you know, I'm making it up. But, like, you know, I saw it. You know, I saw Troy. You know, he was just that man at his school. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play this sport, you mm-hmm. know. And then so when I came over to America, my cousin who had played, you know, high school, you know, could have played college, but he got hurt. You know, he just kind of took me under his wing and, like, taught me how to play. First of all, high school musical is a fraud because I don't understand. I don't understand how Troy Bolton was like the greatest basketball player of all time, but he was five eight and apparently he could dunk like that. He that was flying. made no sense to me. The center was like six five eleven. If you look at like, because I got to a point where I was like, okay, they kind of. I get they're good at basketball, but it's like let's look at their heights and like all of them were not. None of them was like. You know, there's always gonna be that. Come on, every the team there's are, that six I think five, they six, lowered six, the guy. rims to like nine foot. For the <laughs> Definitely movie. did. Yeah. And I was like, bro, that's that's so like unrealistic. But at least Nah, there's I've played like high school teams, you know, a lot of high school where the the short everybody's just short. Everyone's like yeah. the tallest guys like five eleven? Yeah, but they just run a lot of offense. They'll have okay. you running around the no. place, run like fifty plays on you. And yeah, okay. That's how they survive. But. That's true. So uh you you said you also played soccer. Uh, yeah. how was how was that like? Did you was there ever a point in time that you liked soccer better than basketball, or maybe just as equal? No, nah, it was, it was just, just always basketball. They were growing up, you know, it's Nigeria. Uh, main sport was soccer mm-hmm. and track, and you know, soccer was like is a religion. You know, people fight over it. You know, so it's the, like the main sport that I knew. And, you know, basketball was just something I got into over here. And mm-hmm. when I got into basketball, uh, I found out that um, the seasons for, like, school basketball and soccer were, you know, the same time. So I had to pick one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that. I feel like everybody who has – because I also moved from Nigeria. So I feel like everybody who's moved here who was, like, into certain sports – because initially when I got here – I played sports, so, you know, I, I was more interested in just kind of like, okay, I want to play everything possible, like, you mm. know, apart from football, I wasn't, I, I don't know. I wanted but, to play football. I, I tried. I literally tried. I got turned around because the coach said I wasn't big enough. Nah. But, you know, it's, the, it is what it is. But, uh, but you know, uh, I think that's definitely a shocker because it's like you want to be able to play all of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, And then just the fact that you have to pick one is so, like, that's like, yeah. and even being, 
So you didn't have a choice to play because so- soccer season ran that deep into basketball? In, in school, like, you know, I never key, played I like selects, you know, yeah. soccer, but during the school year, mm-hmm. like, it was the exact same. It was like sometimes we after games we'll go eat and the yeah. soccer team Teams was eating at the same there. place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I wanted to play, you know, keep playing soccer, but I couldn't. I wanted to play football, uh, but my mom said uh. they were going to snap me in half. You know, I was too skinny. I was like 5'4", 86 pounds. You were 5'4"? How mm. old were you at this time? I was 13 when I came over here. I had, It was four days after okay. my 13th Just birthday. Just stop, stop. Wait, how are you 5'4"? You're how, how tall are you right now? 6'9". <laughs> Wait, okay, exp- explain that growth. Like, I need you to explain it. Like, okay. That's, that's so, way worse than Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. So I came over to America in t- October 20. Uh-huh. 2012, uh, and it was four days after my 13th birthday. I was 5'4". When I got to school, you know, they measuring weight and stuff. I was 5'4", 86 pounds. And in eighth grade, I grew to 5'8". Freshman year, only grew one inch. I finished my freshman year at 5'9". Okay. Sophomore year, grew to 6'1". Junior year, 6'3". Senior year, 6'6". And then I've grown three inches since I graduated high school. That is actually crazy. 5'4 mm-hmm. to 6'9 in... Mm-hmm. Less than 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's actually crazy. So I know that played a big role in adjusting to positions because uh, was there times? Because obviously growing that fast, you know, probably starting basketball at like 5'5", five, 5'4", five, five, you're probably playing point guard. Now talk to me about like how it is adjusting to your position or to a different position and even just – you know, the taller you grow, the you kind of have to play the game differently. In a I sense. mean, like I would say, like my height, like you know, my height is a good thing. You know, yeah. You know, I wouldn't, you know, not want to be tall. But as far as like school basketball goes, I feel like it affected me in a negative way. Like for most people, you know, it wouldn't affect them in that way because I grew up, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, my cousin taught me, trained me as a guard. Like I could dribble, shoot. Whenever I played like outside of school basketball, I would bring the ball up, shoot threes, you know, all that stuff. But whenever I started growing a little bit, I got to high school and they just put me in the post, like just set screens mm-hmm. and, you know, but like I was one of the most skilled people on the team. But because I'm tall, you know, he just put me in the post. So I hated post. that. It was miserable. And I, I feel like that's something a lot of even people in the NBA, people play oh, yeah. you know, college. Yeah, a lot there's of them There's so many about stories it. about yeah. that. Them, you know, you grow tall, they just put you in the post, you know. Like, they're not really thinking, like, modern, you know, how we have, you know, point guard to a 6'8", like, yeah. you know, Lonzo, those guys, Cade, who just got drafted 6'8". Six, 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 ben eight, Simmons, six, people like that. Yeah. Uh, so how did you, how were you able to fight, fight your way out of that, like, did it kind of carry on through high school? Yeah, it, it, you know, it carried on, you know, just just, just being stubborn, you know, mm-hmm. like just, you know, putting me there. So I kind of just had to work for my points. Like, you know, uh, sophomore year, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen, like, some of my videos. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't always athletic. People always, you know, some people think I was just born like this. But, now nah, I just, I was an African kid who <laughs> came over here with a lot of stamina. Like, I could run for days. But I didn't really have bounce like that. Mm-hmm. So my junior year after um, I came back from an ankle injury, I just went on YouTube, you know, just started looking up workouts, find like five ones that I liked and did it consistently, go like by myself in the football weight room, Monday through Thursday, yeah. rest Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Did it for a month and started seeing progress. Like it was little by little. I saw I keep doing it. And then, you know, the height kind of came in play. That makes sense. So, um, 
So talk to me about your uh, your time playing basketball at Mesquite in high school. Um, what was first of all, what what was it, what was it like that moment that you realized that you were kind of getting attention from collegiate like uh, recruits and stuff like that to play at the next level? I mean, I have like a, a crazy story like to get to a Division One school. It wasn't yeah. like most people who you know, just, you know, we're, like, seen out the gate, you know, middle school or high school. Like, my high school is known for football. Like, yeah. we have, you know, hundreds of scouts coming through. We have some players in the NFL, a lot of players playing Division One football right now. And, you know, the basketball program wasn't, you know, like, a very popular. And so, like, I didn't even have an offer, like, mm-hmm. or any interest like that, you know. Um, like my whole high school thing and you know big part of it was you know I was just being hidden like I was just limited yeah. to setting screens you know by my senior year I was the most athletic kid in my district but the coach didn't want any place for me so which kind of sucked like I ended up leaving the high school my basketball team uh, to go to track early uh, yeah. four games you know during district I was all right I've had enough of this and I went to track had a pretty solid season and then after uh, track in the summer, I attended like an unsigned senior showcase and I picked up, you know, some Juco looks. And then I uh, picked up an offer from uh, an AI, NAIA school, uh, Sagu in Waxahachie. And I did my freshman year there. And then um, after that, I was hurt, you know. Yeah. I was hurt, had a Jones fracture. And after I got back, I hit up like one of the scouts who followed me on Instagram. And, you know, I was just like, I'm looking for a Division One school. Like, you know, he kind of knows what I do. And then he he just so happened to have worked with somebody at UTA. And that's kind of how I got there. That's actually a, a very different, uh, crazy story. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people coming out of – a lot of people coming out of high school, it's just so comp- – especially with basketball. Mm-hmm. Like football, the, the, the beautiful thing about football is there's always so many people needed because, you know, an average football team – Obviously, you need so many people on both sides of the ball to play football, so there's more spots to fill as opposed to, like, basketball. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to the NBA, even when it comes to varsity f- uh, basketball, mm-hmm. there's only so many spots if you're not a senior. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, so hard to even make it even as a senior. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk to me about how you kind of – how were you able to just fuel yourself? Because at that point in time, I feel like a lot of people kind of see it and just like, okay, maybe the basketball is not for me. Maybe I'm just going to stop here in high school. What kept you going regardless of not getting any attention from any uh, Division One scouts? I mean, I was just, you know, like, I was just driven, you know, because I'm from, you know, back home. I, I was like, everything happens for a reason. Like, you know, me coming over here and then I just I get into basketball and then all of a sudden I start growing every year. So I was like, right, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, doing this. So I just kept on pursuing it. Like, you know, my senior year, like, some people were like, you know, you should just apply for school and just be a regular student. I wasn't having it. So, you know, I just knew eventually, you know, it was going to, things were going to go my way. So, uh, Growing up, who was, uh, who was some of the, I guess, basketball stars after you started getting into basketball? Who was some of the all-time great to, like, you know, the, the best of the best that you kind of looked up to? Oh, since I got here, well, the first, like, player who I just kind of, like, became a fan of uh, because my first Christmas in America, my cousin who taught me how to play basketball, he gifted me a Derrick Rose jersey. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I wasn't yeah. really familiar with, you know, the 
the NBA players. Like that. So, you know, I started watching all his YouTube videos, you know, just, you know, that was the first person that, you know, you know, that I, I was a fan of, but I, I started playing and stuff. I was skinny, you know, I got like comparisons to KD, you know, and that's, that's my yeah. favorite player now because I want to be like, I want to be just some tall center. I want to be mobile, yeah. you know, shoe and all that. So that's like my favorite player. So honestly, Derrick Rose is would have gone down as the, oh, yeah. best, he's, the best he's, point guard of I all time. I think he's the biggest what if, you know, yeah. what if in, in sports, basketball. probably in, at least in basketball. Yeah, because like, people still talk about it to today. It's like, what if he, he wouldn't have hurt. got hurt? Yeah. Because it's like Westbrook, John, those type of point guards yeah. you know it was Derrick Rose who was the main well, Derrick Rose was like 10 times better than that like he yeah. could jump and like his shot was even was even like he could shoot mm-hmm. at a good rate mm-hmm. and uh, he was like your perfect athletic point guard exactly. just injuries but... actually just hold people back speaking on injuries talk about that year after you said you want to sag you after you know the time where you were injured what how was that? How was it coming back from that injury? Like the whole rehab process and everything. I mean, I was uh, I was out for like maybe three to three, like three to five months, like, and then after like four months, you know, went to the doctor. He said, "All right, you know, you could you could start, you know, going to play basketball now." And I was like, Are "You sure?" He was like, yeah, he was like, are you sure? So whenever I first, you know, got in the gym afterwards and, you know, I was shooting and stuff, like, I was scared to, I was scared to jump. You know, I'm like, you know, what if I land and, then, you know, it happens again? Yeah. So I was just kind of taking it easy. And then, like, after, like, four days of doing that, I was like, oh, well, if it happens again, it happens, it happens. again. <laughs> and then I attempted in East Bay and I, I make it. I was like, okay, I'm back, you know. And then I got back on my workouts just to kind of get my athleticism back up. Was it, uh, honestly, talk about your first day back in the gym after that injury. Because I, I hear was, from a lot of people that the first day is always the hardest because you're trying to get your muscle memory back. Like, yeah, how was that? Oh, the jump shot was broke, like, bad. <laughs> like, I was, I, it was going places I wasn't aiming for. It was bad. But, like, I was scared, like, you know, to move like I was doing layups like I never do layups like that I don't like doing layups you know just whenever I'm you know shooting you know if I'm going to the rim it's to dunk it you know so I was just taking it easy and just you know because it's like you're thinking about it you know yeah all the because it was a foot injury so I'm like you know I have to be careful how I land it yeah that makes sense uh I, I just really think like another thing about injuries I feel like it's a lot more mental a lot of times, I feel like the reason why some people never even come back to where they were at that, at, at, you know, before the injury is kind of the mental aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you can probably still jump and do a windmill dunk like you did before. Mm-hmm. But now you're thinking about the fact that the last time I did this, I tore my ACL or I broke my foot or, you know, my shin popped, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like... That is messing with people's heads so much. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that controls so much in sports because it's like I don't want to do this same thing that got me hurt. It's exactly. kind of like like you're kind of having you're kind of like traumatized by it, and mm-hmm. I feel like it takes a different kind of just commitment to come back from that. Because I, I really feel like it's very slept on. Because obviously, once you're rehabbed, once you're healed, you're healed. Like your body can mm-hmm. 
most likely you still do a lot of the things you used to do before. As even long as better, because yeah, they say better. when the they always say whenever you heal, like the bone comes back stronger than it was before. Like even they, when the doctor, who's an expert at what he does, he said you're good. Like you know you're hundred yeah. percent. I was still like, are you you know kind of doubting him? Like, are you sure? You know, you say like, yeah. Like you know, so I was all right. Yeah, man, injury, injury, injuries are crazy. Like, but yeah, I just really think like being. It being more more mental than physical, mm-hmm. like it's it's a big role that I think it's kind of downplayed. Because for example, you think about Derrick Rose, we just mm-hmm. talked about him. Um, honestly, I feel like Derrick Rose can probably still dunk the way he, well, at least when he first got back from his injury, mm-hmm. I feel like he could dunk the same way he would back then. But I feel like the, the the fact of okay, he did it the first time he got hurt, it was like okay, and then he came back, it was like, okay, he kept playing the same way, mm-hmm. and then it happened again. I feel like with him, it was just like, bro, it's happened a few times now. I don't think I should be playing that way. Mm-hmm. And another thing that a lot of people don't pay attention when it comes to uh, injuries is the way people are trained to play could affect the way they get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think that was Derrick Rose's problem because if you ever notice, every time he dunked, mm-hmm. he landed in like the most oh, unsafe way ever. Man. Like every time he landed one foot most of the time. The worst like, one was the the clip of him at there was this dunk. He windmilled at a high school game when he was at Simeon, and he landed, and he landed on on his left leg, and he like buckled like it was yeah. bad. Yeah, it was, it's it's like it's things like that, and it's like honestly. I say it all the time. I wish his trainers would have looked at him and been like, you need to fix that because you're landing wrong. Like, who knows what, you know, mm-hmm. he could have played so many more years playing like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, time. It is what it is. We still have Derrick Rose in the NBA. Yeah. And it, it's, it's I good feel to like see he was just thinking more like longevity, like trying yeah. to stay in the league. And, you know, he's just trans. you know, he still, you know, goes to the rack and stuff, mm-hmm. but he's more of like a, a shooter and playmaker. He doesn't really try to, you know, go crazy like that. And, like, with the landing thing, uh, people say the same thing about Jan Morant. Yeah. You know, and, like, me, one of my good friends, he's always, like, if I post, like, a video or, you know, something, or he's in the gym with me, and I, he was like, oh, that landing was bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. You know, so every time I, you know, even though you, this is the thing, though, like, if you jump really high, you know, you're not thinking about, it's kind of hard to control how you land. It's just some dunks, like, yeah. you you know, you land awkward. It's just how it is. Yeah. You know, so, you know, sometimes you can't control it, but I try to think about it and, you know, try and land on two as, you know, as much as I can. So talk to me about uh, transferring to UTA and then now obviously knowing that you're in, you know, in Division One basketball. Uh, how how was that? Like, how was the, you know, first couple of practices, the training camps, and, of course, like your first game, how was that for you? I mean, the first uh, the first couple of practices, you know, like we started off light, you know, doing yeah. like, you know, weren't really scrimmaging each other. It would be like one group, you know, in the weight room, the other one on the court, and then we'll come back and do like some form for stuff, you know. But we weren't, it would like split into groups where we weren't seeing, like I didn't even see most of my team for like the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whenever we started doing like team stuff, and you know scrimmages and stuff that's kind of where i like you know i i hit the wall like you know seeing how different it is you know stuff was you know going like fast paced like yeah. trying to catch balls like they're, they're actually throwing you know like passes, good yeah. passes you know and then just the physicality of it like i'm skinny like i went when i got there i was i was like 170 
And, you know, I ended up hitting 200 pounds because, you know, the strength coach was, the goal was to put weight on me. But when I got there, you know, the physicality was getting to me. Like most of my, pretty much all my teammates, you know, especially when you're playing post, you know, you, you're trying to go for rebounds or pushing you. Like I would be sore after every practice. Like I felt like I was getting killed after. <laughs> that was bad. And then, you know, you have the, you know, the coaches, you know, it's like, you know, they just want you to be better. You know, they're yelling at you, you know, just being tough on you. So I just had to get used to that, you know, the physicality. And eventually yeah. I, like, tried to work my way around it. And another thing, like, I feel like the main thing that helped me, you know, like, even though they were being more physical, like, on the rebounds and stuff, like, I jump higher than everybody. So yeah. I just go up, you know, and go grab. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So tell me about... You know how every every athlete has that. Whenever you go to the next level, whether it's you know going to college or going to professionals or even making varsity, mm-hmm. there's always that wake up call. Like there's always something that happens. Maybe someone crosses you up so bad, and you're like, "Whoa, this is like top level ball," or like someone dunking on you or blocking your shot. Like, tell me what moment that was playing for, you know, playing at the high level, and you realize these guys are skilled. Hmm. I mean, I've gotten dunked on a couple times, you know, in my basketball career. Um, like, the first time I got dunked on uh, in practice, like, you know, it wasn't a wake-up call. Like, I got dunked on. It was my first time being dunked on at the, you know, at the new school. But, you know, I've dunked on people. So, it wasn't like a wake-up call thing. I'm like, you know, I do the same thing to people. So, and especially if you're a shot blocker, like, it's yeah. going to happen, you know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I had, like, just, like, the wake-up call would be just how, you know, how tough it was. Like, the coaches, like, it's like, you know, you just, like, they care about you. Like, afterwards, you know, have, like, talks and stuff. It was just the, you know, it's a kind of like it's a business type of thing. You know, high school, it's like, you know, it's school. Like, you do your thing. Next Mm -hmm. day you're in class. You know, it's not, you know, it's it's not the same. It's like higher level. It's just being here and going through the practice. I was kind of like the wake up call. Yeah. Uh, that's actually like you know, talking about business. I feel like it's a very big part of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like in a lot of the higher you get into sports, uh, you know, Division One, NFL, NBA, MLB, all that kind of stuff. I feel like it becomes more of a business, and it kind of kills. The, the whole aspect of, you know, playing sports and, you know, having fun. And it's kind of like, have you ever had one of those mentalities? Have you, like, have you, would you say you've ever been in a situation or ever seen, like, the view of sports being more business than sports itself, if that makes sense? Because you know how, like, for example, you know how in basketball, when someone is the top dog on the team, it's like mm-hmm. everyone's cheering for them and all that. But the moment they have a slump and they're no longer carrying that team together, it's like, okay, let's just get rid of them and get, like, the next young star going in. So I guess, like, what 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 would be your mindset on that? Do you think it just it is what it is, or do you think it's something that's kind of, like, holding a weight on sports right now? I mean, like, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't play professional side. So yeah. I don't know how it is there. But when, uh, for college, I would say, you know, like, let me compare it to high school. High school, you know, 
you have like a couple good players, you know, yeah. and if they're having bad games, you know, they just keep going. If they're shooters and they're in a slump, you know, they're out there yeah. and they keep trying to shoot through it. In college, it's more of like a next man up thing. Like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how good you are. Yeah. If you're not performing, there's a next man up, you know, so you just got to go out there and perform. That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've always heard from every kind of college athlete I've ever heard play whether it's even even junior college, like mm-hmm. it, I've heard, it's very like doggy dog mentality. Like it's yeah. very like everyone for themselves. Like yeah, we're a team and all that. We're striving towards towards the same mm-hmm. goal to to win, to win a championship, to win so so amount of games. But it's like at the end of the day, I'm trying to make it out of here. Like I'm trying to whether it's you know get to the highest position possible, graduate something. But I'm I'm trying to, you know, go to school for free. Some because you know, some people go to college just to get a, a scholarship. Some mm-hmm. people don't really care to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. There's also people who are like trying to get to the highest level possible. And I feel like in college that gets really grimy in a sense because it's like, bro, like at the end of the day, the next man on my team. Like there's so much competition to every level in sports. Like mm-hmm. from your teammate competing for a starting spot to like you're t- like you know, getting attention from a college, and then getting into college, and then actually getting to start and getting out of college. Like there's only so. It's like every time there's a step forward, there's like the the amount of people kind of shrink. Yeah. Like looking at the amount of people who even get to play college basketball, mm-hmm. definitely significantly less than probably, high school. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, like, like significantly one percent or something. Yeah, and then looking into professional, like bro, there's only it so many smaller. professional players both in the NBA and also in the G League and even overseas. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so, it's just really, sports is like a breaking down process. And it's just yeah, kind it's of like. Yeah, it's like they're making cuts. It's like yeah. tryouts, you know, yeah. the higher the level, you know, you trim it down it to the best and then you trim it down some yeah. more. So um, before your games, whenever, whether, you know, first game of the season, most important game of the season, all that, what are some songs that you say you listen to or is that gets you like turn up to actually play and go crazy. I mean, uh, you know, we have like one of our teammates, you know, controlling, you know, the speaker in the locker room. But me personally, like, you know, I'll listen to like I liked a lot of New York drill songs, like Pop mm-hmm. Smoke. I listen uh-huh. to like, you know, that stuff. That you know, it's like there's no way you don't get hyped to that. The beats, yeah. you no know, it, it gets you hyped. So that was like my go-to. You know, welcome to the party. You know, that was the that was the one. Yeah, Pop Smoke, man, really, he would have really been like one of the. It's just the fact that even with his next out, al- the 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 album he released after that, you know, after his death in the summer, mm-hmm. it was just it just showed a whole different part of music because it was mm-hmm. like, how can a guy go so hard, you know, dr- drill music, but at the same time make slow music yeah, and slower, sing? It's, it's actually so crazy. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking on last summer in quarantine, talk to me about staying focused on sports and on your future while being in a wild pandemic. Everyone's, people are losing their jobs. People are, you know, dying. People are sick. Everyone's locked in the house. There's only, like, there's, this future's kind of, like, smoky and stuff. Like, tell me, tell me about, like, what got got you through that time. But last summer? Yeah, like, during the whole uh, pandemic. I mean, last summer, it was before I got to I got to UTA. Yeah. Like, I was just at home. Like, I knew I was going there. You know, I was taking classes and stuff um, to kind of catch up for the time that I missed, you mm. know, because of my injury. And I was working, you know, when I got back, you know. 
I was working uh, at Home Depot. And at first, you know, the whole COVID thing started. And, you know, we were just like, okay, you know, it was like far news at the time. Yes. You know, there's like this outbreak of a virus. And then at the store, a few people started wearing masks. And we're like, why are they wearing masks? You know, it was like one or two people yeah. were like, and then, you know, we went from like, why are they wearing masks? To, so we started wearing yeah, masks they, too. We didn't want to. They yeah. like they forced us to wear masks. We're like, what? You know, you're working at Home Depot. You know, there's all types of like stuff going on, different machines. And uh, your nose is stuffed up, like, you know, and you have to wear a mask. So it was very uncomfortable. And like the whole like things being shut down thing, like me, I don't really like going out that much. Like I'll go out, you know, occasionally, but I'm a, I'm a homebody. Like mm-hmm. I just like to chill, watch TV, play the game, you know, go hoop or something like that. Yeah. So that part didn't really affect me that much, but it was just like, and then uh, where it really hit me was uh, when, you know, I got to UTA and practices would get shut down for two weeks if somebody tested positive for COVID yeah. and stuff. So, you know, that was – and then, you know, the fans. Like, I had never played a season of basketball where fans fans. were limited. Like, we have fans, but the fans, compared to how big the arena was, it was was the same. Like, our practices were more energetic than the game, sort of. You know, they only allowed, like – like 500 fans or something like that, Yeah, you know. So it it felt pretty empty. You know, that was, like, the main thing. Like, the fans and then um, our conference had split the like the conference in half mm-hmm. and we didn't play half of the conference because they wanted to limit travel and yeah. we didn't get to fly you know to the other states and stuff so um right before y'all were able to get back into practice and mm-hmm. you know hearing the word on sports resuming were you ever worried that you know the whole covid thing could affect kind of like the future of you playing basketball you know possibly were you ever scared that maybe the next the the next season wasn't gonna happen due to COVID? Like, was that a, a fear of you or for you at all? I mean, you know, I thought about it, but like, you know, they always told us it, it would just start late, you know, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, with all the news I was hearing, I was like, you know, like that's crazy. Like, if we don't have a season, you know, so whenever they finally like released a date, you know that. The NCAA released a date for yeah. games. There's like uh, November 25th, and so everybody was kind of released. Yeah. Relief. Um, I really think, honestly, like when it when it comes to COVID and everything that happened, I really think when you look at the NBA bubble, that's that's a crazy success. And I feel like I feel like there should be a whole documentary about the bubble itself. I mean, it's probably in the works. I'm no, pretty it probably, sure it, it has to be it in the works. It has to come yeah. out. Like, it was like, it wasn't like some little thing, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they had some camera people yeah. over there documenting everything. Like, it, you know, people didn't really know if it was going to be successful. Yeah. You know, but it did. It, it did uh, Adam Silver did a better yeah. job than all the other sports commissioners. You know, commissioners. Yeah. It's just really crazy to think about the fact that, like, there's so many players, like, all in one place. Like, there's so much that can happen and within that time. Family in yeah. and out, and still no cases. No, no cases at all. Like, that mm-hmm. was the biggest success. And, mm-hmm. like, just looking at things, COVID in general actually, I feel like, challenged, challenged the mind of everybody. Like, mm-hmm. even starting from someone who, you know, starting their own business or doing their own thing to, like, the biggest companies. Mm-hmm. Like, it showed that, like, there's so many other ways to do stuff. Like, we can mm-hmm. actually create ways to do things like for example people who work like 
it showed that you can actually have a remote job and be just as efficient as being in the office. Mm-hmm. And like with basketball, it's like, yes, we love the fans, but it showed like There's who's waste. like the top dog. Yeah. Like, you know, like we now you have to look at virtual fans, not mm-hmm. the same thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like you can't look in a crowd and like interact with a fan at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it showed that like it really just brought out the toughness in a lot of people. And even right now, I guess we're still kind of fighting through because apparently there's a next wave, you know. But like, I feel like when all is said and done, like the whole pandemic itself would actually has actually showed like a lot of the world and a lot of people different sides of themselves. Mm-hmm. Even even to me myself, I would say like I went into quarantine a different person and came out. Obviously, I just didn't come out like super transformed or anything, but there was so much lessons that like that was learned from that. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question to you would be, what were some what were some things that you think that you took away from just the pandemic itself? Uh, just don't, you know, like, take little things for granted. Like, exam- biggest one, wearing masks. I hated it. I It was the most uncomfortable thing. But, you know, whenever I was wearing these masks, I was like, well, the next time I could go out without wearing it, I'll be mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. more appreciative of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, really just so, it's like, at least, at least for me, you know, there's people like like there's people who are fortunate enough to not have lost anybody through the covid like mm-hmm. people like there's so many people who have lost people due to covid like i have people i had you know people who worked in hospitals all that kind of stuff and like just telling hearing the stories of like people just dying from covid or how peak things mm-hmm. got is actually crazy like it got to the point where nurses like, even to this day you still have like medical people who work in the medical field like quitting and cuz no one wants to see that anymore it's like mm-hmm. I actually, I think I saw a video of something of a nurse saying something about like it feels like they're just working in the graveyard because every day there's just dead bodies coming out the hospital. So I feel like when you said like just to piggyback off you saying taking the little things seriously and not for granted, mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, bro, we're fortunate enough to uh, actually live a normal life as opposed to people who are fighting for their lives in the mm-hmm. hospital. I just feel like it's something that the public needs to. T- I hate, I hated wearing masks too. Like I hated it. I wish I didn't have to wear masks, but. If wearing masks is what's gonna get us through COVID, we gotta do it. Like mm-hmm. it's not, like we can't be like selfish about it. Cause at the end of the day, it might affect you the same way it's affecting mm-hmm. literally the person next to you. Like I feel like everyone in this room, COVID affected all of us in a very different way, mm-hmm. but also so many similarities. Um, so to close out this episode, man, this one, this is gonna actually help me view my perspective on you in sports. Mm-hmm. Who are your Top five, top ten, top whatever's basketball players of all time. And honestly, if a certain name is not in your top five list, bro, it's okay. Just go Of ahead. All, time, all time? I'm like, are we going off people who, like, I wasn't alive to watch that but know about? Like, yeah, Jordan yeah, and them? Yeah, Jordan included Kareem. Top five? Or uh, top ten, whichever one is easier for you. Top ten? Oh, man, I'm kind of biased when it comes to... Yeah, I mean, we're all biased. Yeah, like. yeah. All right, so I have I have MJ there. Okay. That's one. In no order. No order, yeah. Okay. I have Kobe there. I okay. have to have Kobe. Uh-huh. LeBron is there. Okay. Um, Magic. Mm-hmm. And even though a lot of people don't put him there, Kareem, because why wouldn't you put Kareem yeah. there? How many is that? That's five. That's five? Yeah. Keep going? Ten... <laughs> You don't have to keep cutting. No, no, no. Because I have to squeeze KD in there somewhere. You have to squeeze who? KD in there. Because he's top 10. You, you, I feel like KD. Right now you think KD is top Kevin 10 basketball Durant? players of all time? Yes. Right now. 
He's the best scorer of all time. He's the best scorer of all time. Exactly. That doesn't make him top 10. So are you saying, okay, so when you're talking about, are you going to be talking more about greatness or are you talking greatness and skill or just skill Greatness set? and skill. Like, the dude is a great basketball player. You watch him. He is, and, 100%. Like, but I think, I also kind of think that, uh, you know, Katie's story is still being written right now. So is LeBron. But right. I just don't know if Le- if Katie has... He he. he it's like being being in the top ten is not outrageous, but it's like there's so many guys. Like first of all, you always have to put LeBron. You like anyone who doesn't have LeBron, Kobe, and obviously Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in their top top ten, top five. Mm-hmm. Like you're crazy. Like yeah, obviously you have to put that. Then you gotta think about honestly. You gotta think about people like Kareem. Magic Johnson is gonna be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaq is top ten basketball. I don't care oh, what yeah. anyone oh, tells yeah. me. He's Shaq literally is. the most dominant player of all mm-hmm. time. Um, then you got to think about guys like Will Chamberlain. Even though Will Chamberlain, I really, I really don't understand. Like, you know, a lot of people have always said like Will Chamberlain might be a myth because no one, like, everyone who watched him play is no longer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's like only so much video on Will Chamberlain, but the fact that someone dropped a hundred in a game, mm-hmm. it's kind of nuts. And, and the stats like, that the, he put the back things then, with the you know the athleticism, yeah. You know, like oh, he ran, uh, you know, a four five forty. He ben- I, see he, things like that. I don't know if that's he, true. He benched five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and he had a forty eight inch vert at his height, and he used to grab the top of the backboard, all that stuff. At this at that at some point, I just felt like people were just running with it. At that point, they were like, okay, he scored a hundred points. Let's just add other things to him. Because honestly, the way Will Chamberlain is. Is talked about. He might as well be better than Michael Jordan. Like he uh, might be the greatest of all time. Yeah, they have him like this. You know, monster of an athlete. You know? Yeah. Okay, but also you got to think about people. Hakeem people Olajuwon squeeze Larry well. Bird in there like, somewhere. Like this, all the, it's just everybody has their own opinion. So with my point, my point is when you when you throw all these people in there, you really so do many really of think them. Kevin Durant make, is in that list. Yes, at this point. I'm putting it at what in number. There. Is he top five? He's top ten. He's top ten. Is, okay, so at the bottom ten, what what is he at? Like six? He's in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're trying to avoid the answer because because you know it's not easy. Because if if KD is in top ten, he's ten. Ten? He's ten out oh of the top ten. Oh my goodness, Kevin Durant. He's ten out of the top ten. Because okay, you just named your you just named your five. You mm-hmm. named obviously MJ, LeBron, Kobe. Yeah, KD has to be like Kareem. six. Who was your five? He's Who's knocking the on the door of top five. He's six. he's on six, bro. No, KD is not thing. on six. Like to me, uh-huh. the way I look at KD, uh huh. He's a basketball guy. Just look at him. He's seven he's, foot. He's, he's, he's a seven a, foot Kyrie Irving. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He's, the greatest, he's he's probably the greatest talent you ever see. He's one of the greatest talents you ever see in basketball. Nobody, but can, he's not knocking the door in the top five just nobody yet. Nobody can guard that man. That's the point. Nobody could guard it. You need like, a bucket. Just give him the ball. Okay, we okay. No one can guard Curry. I can put Curry. It, I, I put Curry over KD. You no one see one thing. One thing about Curry is Curry created things that Katie created things for himself. Curry created things for himself, and what Curry literally expanded the three point line. Like you know, in basketball, five mm-hmm. ten years ago, shooting from the three is like mm-hmm. okay, it's good. Everyone, the three point line's right here. You know, at the max, people are shooting from right here. Anyone shooting from right here mm-hmm. is like oh my god. But Curry and people like Dame have yeah. been shooting from the logo, and it's like now that's normal, and yeah, you see Curry, other people doing that. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm putting Curry over Katie because Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, in my opinion. 
And then you have to think about people like Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, but this is the thing, though. Like, people uh, talk about, like, um, how MJ, you know, mm-hmm. kind of made people go to fadeaways and stuff. Steph, you know, is the reason a lot of people want to shoot threes, mm-hmm. you know, like, shooting from far. Yeah. They don't talk about, like, how KD impacted it, you know, enough. Like, people like me, tall, lanky athletes who are just, you know, you know, have a, a guard mindset. Like, mm-hmm. most athletes don't want to be centers anymore because of Kevin Durant. Like, mm-hmm. they want to be guards, like big guards. So, you know, nobody talks about that enough. Like, that's his impact. You see a seven-footer out there dribbling the ball, full court, mm-hmm. crossing over, shooting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's his impact. And you're telling me he's not up there. Oh, I, see, you're changing my words. I didn't say he's not he, up there. Up I just there. don't know if he's, if he's a guaranteed top ten yet. Yet. He, he, it's guaranteed. Whenever he's done, whenever he's done, he probably would be. Whenever he's done, time. I'm squeezing but him in that top five. But you understand that the, the one thing I can't let go is the fact that Katie really just turned on OKC, and that has nothing to do. But it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just something I can't look past. The only reason, and my only reason behind the whole KD thing, it's a business. That's the, okay. But but here's my point. I never, I wasn't necessarily mad that he left them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he went to the team that he had just lost to the previous season. That, that was not my. That biggest, made it look weird. But and that was not even my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's business. You mm-hmm. know, my biggest takeaway was the fact that allegedly he had dinner with Westbrook and Ibaka and all these people, and, and he was Russ like, "Oh no, I'm I'm not leaving. Like, bro, I'm I'm coming back. We're running this back." The next day he signs with and like with Russ, you know, even though they're cool now, but whenever it happened, yeah. you know, they said Russ had found out on social media. Yeah. So you know, I don't, you know, like as a KD fan, like the whole news was shocking to yeah. me. Like you know, like my cousin was the one who told me he was like Kevin Durant went to Warriors. Like good. what? And but the thing is, people tried to like knock off his rings. You know, social no, media a lot. They, they said, "Oh yeah, was, you yeah. know, the fake." But you look at the stats. Yes, Curry was on the team, but especially in the playoffs, the man averaged like but like you want 30, me to point over thirty five. Do you want to point out something to you? Because here's here's what people ignore. Obviously, he's able to do that because you have to worry about guarding Curry, Clay, exactly. and Draymond. Like obviously, the fact that. They hard, like every team had so many so many other people to guard mm-hmm. that there's some there was just there was there had to be a loophole because KD is a bucket, Curry's a bucket, Clay's a bucket, Draymond mm-hmm. Green is a fucking terror on the on the field, you know. So it's like at some point in time, it's mm-hmm. like there was gonna be a loophole, and obviously KD is that guy that you can't block a shot. I mean, He's, his wingspan mm-hmm. is so crazy. So I feel like them having like teams having so many people to guard mm-hmm. made it. Made open so much room for Katie. I mean, but this is the thing though. There's two ways to look at that situation, right? You can mm-hmm. look at a stack team and be like, okay, he's going off because they're too busy focusing on the other people, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the thing though. What's more impressive is the guys who average 25, 30 points, the mm-hmm. three of them, right? Yeah. And he still manages to put up that many points and dominate, you know, even though, you know, whenever. Um, he got to the team. Everybody yeah. think their stats will go lower because there's yeah. three people, but he still, you know, stood out in front of all of them. So it's all good, man. You pass the test. I'll mm-hmm. just mess with you. Katie's top ten, obviously, but it's nah, just the I fact see. that like I'm wait. I always try to see. I always try to hear what people have to say when they put Katie in there because a lot of people just say he's Katie. He's seven feet tall. Nah, Why nah, is nah. Katie you actually? To, there? You know what you I'm saying? To, like uh, people don't talk about the impact enough. Like yeah, because you know? like for me, I'm a LeBron fan, and you could. There's nothing you can do. You can. There's nothing you can do to stop me from saying LeBron is the greatest basketball player of this all time. This is the thing, though. Like, you're not. I'm not gonna stop. Like, I will literally say that. You could. Michael Jordan could walk in this room mm-hmm. right now, 
and I'll be like, I respect you, mm-hmm. but LeBron's the best basketball but player of all this, time. This is the thing, though. LeBron, LeBron fans and Cowboys fans, to me, have something in common, right? So thank you all so much for watching. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, my cousin. You're coming at me right now because I'm no, both. My cousin is the biggest LeBron fan, right? Uh-huh. And every time LeBron does anything, he tries to rub it in my face. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only LeBron fan that does that. Cowboys fans at school do the same thing. Okay, so, so I, what, what was I put y'all in one bubble. Like, I don't hate LeBron, but it's like you people are rubbing him in people's faces so much that you, you do. You, do you think people didn't do that about like, MJ? I don't think like you know how people say LeBron has a lot of haters. I don't think the people hate LeBron. They hate how some of his fans are like they're no, too no, 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 no. they're extremists. No, 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 LeBron. LeBron was at some point in time one of the most hated athletes in sports. He, but you, people don't hate him. The fans they started burned it. A, they took down a banner of LeBron. They burned jerseys. For oh, no it's reason that he, they it's bought with he, their own. It's because he left. If you burn, if I'm burning things that I bought with my own money, just because that's a different type of hate. That's like that is like though. a different level that's of hate. Different though. They did the same thing to KD. They did it to Simmons just a couple months ago. Is LeBron it, is very because LeBron is hated. Like every the reason why people he's more liked now, but like villain LeBron on the Heat was one of the most hated basketball players of all time. And the reason why LeBron is still kind of hated to this day is because. Everyone knocks down everything LeBron tries to do. He won a ring in the bubble. Oh, that's a Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah, I, I see. Like playing in the bubble is probably hard for LeBron. Mm-hmm. It was probably harder playing in the bubble than playing in an arena. Because like LeBron is used to the fans. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he loves. Mm-hmm. So he he was even against it. Like playing yeah. in the you know like when I see those type of comments, like people who talk about uh, LeBron and AD's ring being Mickey Mouse rings yeah. or KD's rings not being real. Like I don't even pay attention. Like you could tell they're just you know people yeah. who are just on the internet to troll. But like you know, it's, I just think it's funny how like I know he he has haters. Everybody, every athlete yeah. has haters, right? But I feel like the whole the amount of his haters are exaggerated. Like you know, to me, there's so many LeBron haters, right? If he's hated by everyone, why is it that everybody's a LeBron fan? No, no. Like, everywhere I go, I see y'all. Like, y'all are everywhere. I don't think he's hated by everyone. I just think he's, like, but it's just, like, LeBron sneezes, and and people are tweeting, LeBron was sneezing on on the basketball court. Like, he doesn't care about, like, LeBron literally had a cigar. Mm-hmm. After he won a championship, mm-hmm. he was talking to his mom on the phone. Mm-hmm. People tweeting, "Oh, LeBron is trying to be extra. He's doing that for media." No. It's like, bro, he can't. He literally couldn't do no, anything. everything. There's he does. He like whenever do. he he posts like a book, he's reading. It's like, why is he always on the first, first page? page? That's he, funny. I he, found that very he was hilarious. at his son's basketball game, and you know they had layup line and stuff, and he was in there just cooling, mm-hmm. dunking and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, classic LeBron." I was trying, trying to, get to the take attention. the spotlight. Yeah, it was yeah. like, bro, he's just being yeah, yeah, a regular man. guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Katie's there. I give it to you. I just wanted to see how far you were going to go with it. Don't give it to me. Give it to him. He no, I give it to him. No, I just want like, to see. Because I want to see how far. Because a lot of people give up in that argument after you start no, naming I'm so many players. No, I'm not giving up. Like, that's, that's KD. Like, okay. I will, you know, that's the he's the best scorer <laughs> of all time. He's a basketball god. True, true. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you for coming out, man. Appreciate you no doing problem. this interview. Uh, wishing you the best of luck this season. Mm-hmm. Hope Thank everything you. goes well. Just always remember that LeBron's the best player of all time, and the Cowboys. Uh, wait till we'll KD's career is over. No, Cowboys is the same thing every year. We'll going figure it out. Super, we, we, are y'all going to Super Bowl this year? I don't say that. I will never say you that. See, okay, you. Are, I will never say that. I'm a realistic guy. Okay, you're guy. not one of those. No, no, no. no. I, I'm Most really, of you. Oh yeah, this is the year. No, no, no. no. <laughs> They see they see Dak putting on socks. Oh yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, we'll see. Bro, what? We're about to play the Super Bowl champions. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. First game. 
after the first seven, eight games of the season, I can tell you what they'll do this season. First seven, eight games, you know, if you don't win those, you're not going to the Exactly, playoffs, that's what I'm right? saying. That's what I need to know. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I need to know. But uh, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Thank y'all for watching. We're now on Apple Music and Spotify. Y'all make sure to check it out. Links in my bio. Links in the comments and description on YouTube. It's a wrap. Appreciate y'all for watching. Peace out.